Yo, uh, this episode is pretty much going to lead directly on from where episode one took off because since then I've had, let me fucking double check, 28 more emails about people majority shitting their pants again. But I've got some good, I asked for local crackhead origin stories. So there's a few crackhead stories in here as well, but I've not read any of them again, so it might be shit. So I'm sorry in advance. Before I start though, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but um, my quarantine's going well. I spent yesterday just attacking HSBC, which was a wild ride. And, sorry, just swallowed and blew a bubble with my fucking larynx there. Uh, we're going to be, not we're going to be, I am selling uh, raffle uh, raffle tickets this evening. So if you're listening to this, I'm doing a raffle, basically £10 a ticket, and you win a three-hour tattoo session. So once all the tickets are sold out, I'm going to be doing that. I'm also selling tattoo vouchers that you can use after the apocalypse if I'm not dead. So hit me up if you want a voucher. And the vouchers are actually discount by £30 an hour. So they are 100 an hour and there's no expiring yet. So hit me up, man. Let's jump straight in. This first one is from Sasha that I work with. Yo, at Sasha Nicole Tattoo, your beloved work friend. Sasha, if this is shit and I start episode three shit, there's going to be a problem, man. Got a story about pork chop ruining my life in London one time. So if anyone doesn't know, Sasha's got a little dog and it's called Chop. I was travelling from St Pancras to some other part of London that I can't remember. St Pancras Underground already being one of the most hated places in the entire fucking world. Can't say I've actually been, to be honest. I was taking taking Chop 2 and call me a virgin, I don't care. What? Why would I call you? Oh, on a... Dog tour bus trip, sightseeing around London. Yeah, you're a virgin, man. With about 20 other dogs and their owners. It was sick. Anyway, before enjoying the monuments of London, surrounded by dogs on a double-decker bus, bear in mind, Chop had only ever been on trains and buses. Oh, oh, not the underground tubes of doom. I carried him most of the way, though he's heavy and was wriggling around, so I let him walk as we approached the tube we were about to get on. He evidently was wriggling around, because his lower intestines had been cooking up the projectile poop soup he proceeded to lay out in various piles along the platform. Various piles as well. You can't really do much with that, can you? And fucking London Underground is busy. Bearing in mind there are hundreds of people going through there. People stepping in it, slipping in it, shouting at me. I fucking panicked and grabbed him, legged it onto the tube, and watched a sea of angry commuters as they shouted at me, expecting to pick it up with my hands somehow, despite it being far from solid, and the doors closed in slow motion before me. I then pushed the end of the carriage, and just sat there, the smell of dog shit following us in the already sticky atmosphere. People talking about the ordeal under their breath, sweating, trying to fight off a panic attack, before my dog just flooded the underground with his ass. I'll never take him on the tube again. What is the etiquette with your dog if it shits on the fucking tube? Like, and you haven't got a bag? Have you just got to pick it up with your hands, or what? If you've got answers, let me know. This one is from Emma Wallace, and it's entitled, One of Many Times I Shit Myself in My Adult Life. 
starts oh my god it starts i'm going to read it in i know emma's voice and it's not this but i'm going to read this sentence in the way this sentence should be read okay so i can't write too good but i hope i can paint somewhat picture of for you so emma's apologized in advance for not being able to write too good sorry emma i just slagged you off as well there um couple years ago I was staying at my folks place everyone was out apart from me and the pooches I did what I thought was a safe fart I often took this chance and usually come up on tops I mean who doesn't this time I just shit myself it was a doozy (laughs) one where you have to just sit oh just jump in the shower because toilet roll can't save you so I rolled up my shitty clothes so I could chuck them in the washing machine uh once I'd got out the shower Popped out all clean and a bit lighter, chucked my clothes in the washing machine and went back to watching Yummy Mummies. For a while, I could still smell shit. I figured it was just lingering, but half an hour later the smell was still clinging. I went upstairs to find that my small dog, my small white dog, had my shitty pants wrapped around his head and was going to town smearing shit up and down the corridor in my parents' room, all on the new beige carpets. Moral of the story, put your shitty clothes in the wash before jumping in the shower. You never know what predators are around. Thanks, Emma. Also, the fact you've called your small white dog a predator, I'm thinking of, like, dudes jumping in the window and stealing your shitty knickers and selling them on eBay and, like, fucking Kinder Surprise egg capsules to keep the stank in. Here is... um, here is one from Adam Payne saying, oh, this is, a, thank God it's not another shit story. This is a local crackhead podcast story. After listening to your first podcast, nearly literally shitting myself from laughter. Imagine if I got an email like, yeah, I, ju- I shat myself recently and it was actually just listening to your shit podcast. Um, I've come to tell a story of the local crackhead Les. Basically, a group of us were chilling in the local town centre gardens eating pizza when the local crackhead les came over asking for pizza for him to eat which we gave him a slice his response was in a scottish accent i'm sorry to anyone scottish right now i hope it's not too spicy i don't like spice i thought every scottish person likes spice i'm talking about the drug because you're all crackheads while swaying and humming of a glorious mixture of piss and white lightning. Whilst swaying, his pondering eyes saw into one of our bags some poppers and pills. Obviously, being the local crackhead, he insisted on having some. So he started with the poppers and then proceeded to take four of these pills and walked away a satisfied man. But to our realisation, the pills he had taken were laxative. For some reason, one of us had them on us, in brackets there. Summing it up here, an hour later we saw Les holding and clenching his ass, and literally front dive into a bush to only assume he was about to shit out his intestine. Mate, poppers are bad enough at the fucking best of times. Don't do poppers, kids. Uh, Thanks, Adam. This is from Callum Kelly. Weirdo story and a joke for your podcast. Um, I'll start with the story in case it's shit. And it's fucking long. So if this is shit, Callum, there's going to be fucking hell to pay. When we were kids, we would all hang around my mate Craig's house because it was the biggest and was also close to the beach. 
bet his parents love that. He had a neighbour, a big creepy bastard called Jim. He'd always stand in his garden and watch us on our bikes or whatever. Yeah, that is pretty weird. He would offer us some orange juice and stuff occasionally too, which I hope he never fucking took. Uh, we were always told to stay away from Jim. I wonder why. Many years later, I got a job in a corner shop round for my mum's and Jim was a regular customer. By this point, we'd all worked out he was a dirty nonce, so we always did our best to wind up and throw him some thinly veiled insults whenever we could. He deserved it. One day, my boss caught him trying to steal a bag of fucking carrots, exclamation mark in brackets, from the shop. Mate, carrots are worth stealing. You can do a lot of them. And chased him outside. Jim ran into the road and got fucking slammed by a bus. (laughs) Carrots everywhere. Jim is fully unconscious and we all thought he was dead. He wasn't dead, but pretty fucked. He broke his leg. uh, And even now, about nine years later, he walks with a pretty ridiculous, over-exaggerated limp. He still walks by the schools at 3pm. Mate, if if you're a nonce, you might as well fucking... And everyone knows you are. Just carry on. What's to lose? I don't think he's ever actually been done for nonsense so nobody can really stop him even better also one night on the way home from the pub some friends and i posted a carrot for his letterbox in retrospect maybe we should have just done his windows in dirty nonce yeah that wasn't shit i like that also here's the joke two astronauts are in space one goes to make himself a coffee he's struggling to get the lid off the milk and turns to the astronaut mate and says this lid's too tight i can't get into the milk the other astronaut says, in space, no one can. Hear you scream. <laughs> wow. This has ended with just sorry. Yeah. It should be. Um, this is from a name I can't even pronounce. Angarad E. Roberts McGrath. That's either the most Scottish name ever or, like, just somewhere bizarre in Europe. Uh, it's called Shit Stories. Oh, my God, this... Fuck me. Oh, his name's Harry. Okay, well, anyway. Hey, here are my contributions to the Shit Stories. Story one. This is going back a few years ago now. I was dating a guy. Things seemed pretty cool at the time, and we went back to my mum's house. Definitely Scottish. I was still living at home back then. <laughs> We went into uh, into my bedroom and I thought it'd be a good idea to start getting sexy. I was sucking his dick pretty fucking well, but then he guffed in my face. The smell was rotten. It was eye-watering and really horrific. I suggested he go for a safety wipe, but he shrugged it off, so I carried on. Mate, I'm going to butt in here and just say, midway through a blowy, suggesting someone go for a safety wipe <laughs> is the end of the blowjob. It's not carrying on after that. Things started to progress and before long, we were fucking. As he was getting into a decent flow of things, my legs wrapped around him. He suddenly stopped. The smell was back. I looked at him in utter horror as I could feel something warm between my legs. All capital letters now. He had shat himself. Shit pouring out of his ass. Trickling down his dick. Onto me. Over my bedsheets. Everywhere. All separate sentences. Love that. He quickly shot up, fear in his eyes, tears falling down his face. What, did the grand man cry because he shat on you? I got up calmly, told him I was going for a shower and he needed to clean up. 
I spent a decent amount of time in that shower trying to clean the shit off me, thinking why we'd ignore the warning signs of that fart. I came back upstairs. The smell of shit was still heavy in the air. He was sat on the edge of my bed, face in hand, crying. His shit still everywhere. He hadn't even attempted to clean. I told him to leave and I'd throw it out. I didn't even try to clean my bedding. The whole lot went in the bin and I haven't seen him since. Mate, I've had to throw some stuff out before. Because I think, like, the, the things some of my bedding has seen over the years just has to be binned or burnt. Or just, yeah, just buy new bedding every time. It's just not worth it. Especially if fucking shit. Story two. This story is pretty recent, maybe three years old. We love a bit of garlic in this household. My then fiancé was busy making us homemade pizzas for tea. I remember him adding a fucking shitstorm of garlic into the tomato sauce for the base. Not gonna lie, pizzas were amazing. The garlic was so strong, it felt like it was burning my mouth. It's all good. We planned on going out the next day with the child and make a pretty good day of it. Next morning came. It was super sunny, the weather was glorious. We all jumped into the car and off we went. We planned on going into the comic book shops and then grabbing some food. We'd gone into a few shops and decided we were all hungry. We stopped off for some fish and chips and sat on the beach to eat. A rumble started in the pits of my stomach but I ignored it and thought it was because I was gagging for food. We finished eating and went off to the shops again. We were walking down the street when our son said he needed to pee. So as we were walking towards the toilet, the rumble started. I thought it was just a fart so I cracked on. Oh how I was fucking wrong. I looked at my partner and said calmly, it's happening. I can't stop it. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, yeah, I've had to say that once as well. He was utterly confused by what was going on and looked at me simply baffled. What's happening, he said. As he looked down, shit just plopped out like I just dropped a tub of Ben and Jerry's on the floor, <laughs> making a noticeable splat. Poo particles rocketing back up, hitting my legs, and the smell of garlic hit you in the face hard. All this was happening on the streets, oh, on the steps of the church opposite the police station, two doors down from KFC, next to traffic lights at rush hour. That's the most like precise thing to remember from three years ago. I slowly walked to a bench, trying not to make it obvious. I just shit my pants. Well, by the sounds of things, yeah. Whilst wearing a dress, my son was utterly disgusted at me, asking why I'd done what I did and why it smelt so bad. Imagine that, like, Moby, why does it smell so bad? <laughs> uh, he wouldn't come near me. People were walking past, thinking I'd sat in dog shit. My partner had to run to the nearest shop to get me fucking wet wipes. You cannot subtly clean your asshole in broad daylight, in a dress, train is filled with your own shit. I cleaned myself as well as I could. Um, I did have to run back into a cafe to shit one more time before we headed home just to make sure it was all out. The smell of wet wipes, shit and garlic haunts the car on the drive home. <laughs> Everyone was pretty silent. When we got back, I went straight for a bath to try and drown myself so I could forget what had happened. I couldn't have tainted my fiancé's view of me that much because we still fucked that evening. Mate, it's... Dude's, dude's, all, dude's all fucking asshole, but... You've literally just done shit. I stay away from garlic as much as I can now. I can't walk down that high street without having flashbacks of that shit just falling out my ass. Hope you enjoyed them. I'm not even embarrassed. Shit literally happens. Later as Harry. Thanks, man. I really like that. I also have a thing with garlic and onion as well. I eat a lot of onion and any time I do, 
Anytime I eat garlic, I feel really dehydrated the next day. And anytime I eat onion, which is every fucking day, my farts smell like edible. Like they're disgusting and they smell like onion. But if you'd walked into my house, you'd probably smell the air and go, that smells good, man. What are you cooking? And really, it's just my fucking bowels. It's weird that when it's out your ass, it's bad. And when it's in the oven, it's good. Unless you're cooking a shit. So, this is from someone called Inda. Oh, this was actually meant to be read out on my first podcast, but I missed it because it was in my actual, um, my personal email account. So this is called Who Shat the Kitchen? Rumours and Stories. Thought I'd contribute to your rumours and stories as I'm stuck inside and bored shitless. Well, maybe not. Like everyone else at the moment. This is a story about something that happened to me a couple of years ago. I hope you enjoy it. It was a typical Friday night, drank a shitload of wine and had the girls round. We were having prez to... Oh, mate, I don't know what that word is. Oh, having prees, okay. We were having prees to then go out and find an eligible bachelor at my local Spoons to take home. Sounds like a fucking classic Friday night. To anyone that doesn't know what Spoons is, by the way, if you're American, Spoons is a pub that buys alcohol that's got about two weeks left before it goes out of date and then sells pints for like one pound it's insane and they've not got a music license either that's why it's so cheap so it's just full of fucking scumbags but it's also the best place on earth so anyway trying to find an eligible bachelor to go home with once we were all on the level we made our way into town we made it there and got to drinking more. I'll skip the boring shit. This is foreshadowing. Stay with me here. We drank, chilled, had a good time, and I got to talking to a lovely guy. We'll call him Dave. After a few more drinks, I decided he was the lucky bachelor that got to come home with me. Mate, was there like a few lined up and you're like, Dave's the dude. He bought me he bought me uh, three sours for five pounds on the deal. Uh, we stagger home, absolutely bollocked, and having a lovely, lovely time. At this point, I was blackout drunk because the next thing I remember was chilling on the sofa, still having a lovely time. I must have grabbed a swine from the kitchen and as I was wine in hand, listening to tunes and chatting. We were chatting and drinking. Things started steaming up. We were making out of each other, touching each other up pretty hot when I seemed to black out again. And the next thing I remember, I'm telling this dude to get the fuck out of my house. I blue-balled the poor fuck and he left. You savage. That's what happens when you go spoons though, man. Then, it was the morning after. I woke up on my living room floor, head pounding, mouth drier than the Sahara and wine bottles fucking everywhere. I make my way to the kitchen to get a glass of water, wondering what the fuck happened the night before, trying to retrace my steps, when to my absolute horror I open the kitchen door to find a steaming pile of shit. (laughs) There was a huge, massive shit in the middle of my kitchen floor. Now I'm trying to figure out where the shit came from. Did I take the shit? Was it Dave? I love that it's still Dave. Did Dave take a shit on my kitchen floor as some sort of sick protest because I told him to leave? Had I shit myself when grabbing us wine the night before? Mate, if you'd, if you'd shut the floor while getting wine, that's so casual. Imagine just going in, getting a bottle of wine out, taking your fucking, like, pulling your thong aside and just laying a log out and then going back and just making out with this dude. That's what I hope happened anyway. Um... Had he shit on my floor and that's why I told him to go. Whatever the case, I put the pieces together and concluded it was probably me. 
thinking back in my mind, really trying to retrace my steps, it comes back to me. Oh God. As it turns out, I told them to leave because I'd already shat the kitchen, and through sheer embarrassment and my drunken stupor, I went fucking mental at him and told him to leave so he didn't find the shit in the kitchen. Whatever. I shit in the kitchen. This dude is the only other person that knows about it. Well, not anymore. Now there's like thousands of fucking people that know. Probably won't see him again. Life goes on. If This story's still got more to go, but if you're if you're this guy, this fake Dave, please DM me and say, yeah, I know this chick that shat on the fucking floor. Because I want to know, I want to know your POV of this, man. So... Fast forward a few weeks, chilling in my fave spot, Spoons, with my pal, when she tells me she's got a new fella. Good for her, I think to myself. She mentions he's coming down in a bit to join us. I don't think much of it until a few hours later, Dave pokes his stupid, bald fucking head round the corner with a shit-eating grin on his face and comes to join our table. Fucking hell. That's the story about the time I shat the kitchen floor and how my mates found out about it. There was also a rumour at my school that some bird called Scabby Abby who chucked a Nutri-Grain up her pussy and her nan had to get it out with tweezers huge amounts of bullshit on that because nutri i i'm like a nutri-grain fucking fanatic and they're hard enough to like pick up with your fucking fingers let alone tweezers but i like the idea uh, what so is this dude still dating fucking shitty dave because i want to know more about this this is from jordan norton who's fucking funny guy um, it's just called Captain oh Captain Marvel <laughs> good start right I had a date with my girlfriend at the time to see Captain Marvel in the cinema I had a funny tummy all day at work and my stomach was rumbling non-stop mate I'm going to stop here because as soon as I know I've got a dodgy stomach I will cancel all plans no matter what it is because I know it's going to end bad I hadn't eaten anything because I couldn't face it. I started to feel better after I clocked out and upon meeting my girlfriend, we made for an Irish bar. We polished off a pint of Guinness each and I explained that I felt a bit off all day. She asked if I was sure I wanted another pint before the film and I, in a moment that would forever haunt me, said yes. Two two pints down and we crossed over to the cinema, got our tickets, sat down and got watching. A while into the movie, my utterly broken seal forced me to run for a piss. Something I hate doing during a movie. I fucking hate that as well. And then every time I come back, I'm thinking, I've paid like £15 to see this film. What have I missed? They should just have little urinals on the backs of the seats so you can just fucking piss on the person in front of you. Anyway, I shot into a cubicle and thank fuck I did. As I unleashed a stream of golden relief, I felt a little fart brewing. Thinking nothing of it, I adjusted to rip a poot accordingly. But instead of a pleasant trump, I felt the floodgates of my bowels slide open, and before I could process what had happened, my boxes were filled with a molten sludge of shit. I gagged, I choked, and tears began to stream from my eyes. I'd fully decked my kecks. Panic set in as I pulled my trousers down to reveal what I could only describe as a chocolate mousse with the consistency and temperature of a bowl of custard. I frantically began to wipe my entire ass and cheeks, stained with a layer of defecation. I racked up a pile of tissues in the bowl, my back, oh, in the bowl, my back door as clean as I could get it, but what about my boxes? I couldn't risk running out to the bin in case anyone was out there, so I did something I'll never live down, 
I carefully undressed from the waist down, removed my soiled boxes with all the delicate handling of a bomb disposal expert and dropped the offending undergarments into the shitter. After throwing my gear back on, I took one final look at the wreckage and flushed my boxes down the U-bend, never to be seen again. I scrubbed my hands harder than I ever have before, begging to the heavens that to be cleansed of my shame. Mate, this must have been a while. Your girlfriend must have knew you shat yourself, you shat yourself at this point. I got back to the cinema and my girlfriend was understandably worried as I'd been gone for almost 20 minutes. I remained calm, focusing on the movie and purging the experience from my mind. However, after the movie, I felt I had to explain the situation to her and I knew she was no stranger to embarrassing situations. At the end of it all, she was laughing her ass off at me and it was, we were all good in the world. Moral of the story... Don't drink Guinness on a bad stomach. Mate, you probably fucked up their U-Bend. They probably had to call a guy in to like, I don't know what, fish your fucking shitty boxes out the sewage tank or something. Oh my God, it's from Davy Saul. Um, This is just called I Shit on Church. Not a church, just on church. Right, so I know you wanted less shit stories, right? But this is a good one. I got bad IBS after watching some shit movie with my ex and had to stop on the five minute drive home to hose down a hurch with fizzy gravy. That's it. I shit a church. Fuck God. <laughs> See, this is the kind of emails I'm wanting, guys. Quick, concise, and spraying fizzy gravy on a church. Thanks, Davy. That was fucking cute. Um, ooh. This one says, Dear Will, if you could keep me anonymous, that would be swell. So I'm hoping this is going to be fucking horrible. Oh, it's a long one as well. This story takes place in May of 2018 whilst I was living in Brighton. I'd recently broken up with a girlfriend I live with and she still had keys to our flat. It was my cousin's 30th birthday and my family had all been to Latino America Argentine Grill. I'd recently taken the step to go vegetarian and was subjected to an onslaught of dairy throughout my meal. I laughed and joked with my family, even when at the time of conversation drifted to that of my failed relationship. I had planned to meet a friend across town and the hip and happening Warren, for those unknowing, is a magical place that what that appears for the month of May in Brighton. When it's vanishing comes June 1st. I don't even know what that is. And I fucking live in... I still live in Brighton. So I've got hiccups now. Um, I'd made my goodbyes and well wishes to the family and was on my merry way. I strode the streets of Brighton, full excitement and glee. But little did I know, something else was bubbling inside me like a witch's cauldron. I was two streets away from the aforementioned flat where I tried to sneak a squeaker through clenched cheeks. I got more than I bargained for. The battering my guts had taken from the cheese had reared its ugly head. My pants were filled, sweating, scared, alone. I was grasping for answers. I was too far away from the restaurant and the warren. It was a speck in the distance, but one option was staring me in the face. I had to return to the flat I'd once shared with an ex-lover. It was time to suck up my pride and hope to heaven she was out. Shacked up round a new sweeter's house. Quite frankly, at the moment, I didn't care. Upon entering familiar, familiar surroundings, I noticed silence. Hurrah, I was out the woods. But no, my ex was asleep on the sofa, 
The door closed and she was now awake, startled, even scared. She saw the face of a man she had cast out and asked, What are you doing here? I tried to hold the scraps of dignity I had left and replied, I can't really explain, but uh, but it will be a matter of moments and then I'll be gone. I hold up in the bathroom while I assessed the damage and cleared up my mess. It had managed to penetrate my boxes and reached my jeans, a newly bought pair of Levi 501s which were disposed of shortly after as there's some stains even Vanish can't remove. That should be their ad. As soon as someone can like invent a detergent that just clears shit off of light blue jeans, they'd be fucking billionaires. Upon exit, my ex greeted me with further questioning as to why I was there. Standing there with my boxes in a blue off-license bag with the rest of the dignity, I exclaimed, Just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, I've shit myself. Then I left into the night, well, to wait for my friend to pick me up. I stood there on the curb like a child, waiting for his dad to pick him up, mid-sleepover, <laughs> ashamed and defeated. But yeah, I love that, man, when you, when, you, when you bail on the sleepover and you're just like, Fuck, I need to go home. And you just got to wait like a little dick. Um... I often pondered, could we have got back together had that never have happened? But I'm certain she was unsure if she had made the right decision that evening. Definitely put a big brown full stop on those thoughts. The following week, I ate a margarita pizza and nearly saw myself again. That day I went vegan. So I guess the moral of all this is, mate, we're going to say this name, this guy's name is Frank. Frank is right. Cheese is bad for anyone. Even people that aren't lactose intolerant, you will eventually become lactose intolerant and shit your fucking trousers, I promise you. Um, oh, we got, we got a joke. This is from Jack Walker. Cheers for the podcast. Stuff like this keeping me sane. No worries, mate. So, joke. There was a bloke who was massively into tractors. Always loved them ever since he was a kid. Anyway, he ended up getting in a really bad car accident with a tractor and it uh, it put him off them for life. He eventually got out of hospital and his mates had a party to celebrate. Things get out of hand and someone sits th- sets the kitchen on fire and the house starts to fill with smoke. Everyone panics, but the guy says he's got it under control. He takes a huge deep breath, inhales all of the smoke, then goes to the window and blows it outside. When they ask him how he did it, he said, It's easy, I'm an extractor fan. Fucking hell. Oh, Jack. I'm disappointed in you. I'm not, actually, that was quite good. All these jokes have pun endings, though. And because I read really slow because my fucking eyes are bad, I'm like, I am an extractor fan. And then I'm like, oh, shit, you meant extractor fan. Um... Here's a story from the same dude. This is from Jack Walker. The story's a bit shit. Used to go to work with a bloke who came in on a Monday and told us he had gotten kicked out of a girl's house because he had gone home with her and mid-shag pissed himself inside her. What? No one in the office believed him. Went out for a pint after work on the Friday and the, and the same girl swilled him with a drink and called him a dirty cunt in front of everyone. Mate, that's like a mystery story. He obviously did something... But I don't think he'd pissed on her because we all know as men how hard it is to piss with a boner. Unless he was floppy in her. He was doing the old thumb it in trick and then and then pissed himself. Who knows? Um, here's one from my friend Craig Robinson. 
uh, Craigie Tats on, on the gram. He's fucking sick. He Sometimes I look at his work and I wish that I had no tattoos and could have just got a bodysuit off him because he's very good. So, this one starts. So, Will, I have two stories where I've stupidly shit myself as an adult. Luckily, the dumb one was at the ripe age of 19, so not so bad, I hope. I'm... I guess. 19 is still quite old. So back in the day when self-employment was in the air and skating and smoking weed all day was all we had, we'd always head to my mate's place to play some Call of Duty and stuff, in brackets, no homo. I wouldn't really say that um, playing Call of Duty and stuff would be homo unless the stuff involved having sex with your male friends. But even then, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't worry, it's 2020 and I'm a pro-homo. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I thought you meant you were a pro-homo as in you're a professional homo. And I was going to be like, well, yeah. Um, I'm pro-enimo. He's pro-enimo. Crace has got to clear up the fact here, basically, that he's not being homophobic. Which I tried to do for him, but he's done it here now anyway. So anyways, every day we'd have a quick sig in his kitchen before heading out. And we'd always get a chewable vitamin C out. Mate, healthy boy. Looking after your boy's health and that. Respect, yeah. But, man, these things were so damn tasty. Ovs just needed to cop some. So I went to the 99p store and the package was secured. A couple of nights later, I'm at home. I put a film on and chill. I'm snacky, so I've got some bits. I see the bloody vitamin tablets on the side. I have one. Tastes good. Two can't hurt. Three can't hurt. The film picks up. To be honest, it's more lame the fact I was watching the My Bloody Valentine 3D, but I swear it heated up. Next thing you know, the credits are rolling, and that wouldn't be the only thing rolling tonight. The packet was empty. I'd eaten at least 50 to 100 vitamin C chewables. What the fuck, man? Why? Why didn't you just get, like, orange-flavoured sweets? Although I guess they'd probably do the same thing. Can't remember how many there were per tub. But then my gut starts to scream in agony, and my body's calling me out for being a fucking dweeb. I fart, I had to, and I released the most definite, oh, and I'd most definitely shit myself. I pulled my boxes down to see what looked like someone had laid the fattest snot rocket ever to exist in my briefs. I rushed to the toilet, and you know when you see that shitty orange juicer in the gremlins <laughs> that the dad made? Uh, it comes out thick and it starts splatting everywhere. That was your boy's booty hole. And you best believe I still eat them. Wholeheartedly follow the recommended daily dosage. Craig, I'm going to message you after this because I really want to know where you get these. Because they sound delicious if you're still eating them now. That's pretty fucking weird though. Uh, like I said, there's a second story which I feel is better. But we have potentially a long lockdown underway. So I'll get back at you for part two very soon. Love you, will you legend. Love you too, Craig. Uh, let me know, I'm, well I'm going to message you after this anyway about those fucking things, in fact. Um, no, I was going to say I'll give you a ring but I won't because it'll probably go on forever. But yeah, I'm down for, send me, send me a story too, I like that. So this is from Joe Zamet. Um, Alright Thompson, right, I'll set the scene. Must have been about 13, maybe 14. Just got a brand new trampoline. Fucking ace. Decide to have some mates over to test this thing out. What? Test the absolute strength of the fucking springs. What's the worst that can happen, mate? I have a genius idea, and I'm sure everyone will find hilarious. 
Wait, I'm going to fart halfway through a front flip. This is in speech marks. Make laughs because farts are funny. I go ahead, do exactly what I said I was going to do and a little more. I must have been the momentum of the flip sloshing everything around, but whilst I was upside down in mid-air, I followed through and shit myself. As far as my mate was concerned, I'd done what I set out to do until I landed and stood there just completely still, shocked. And that moment of, oh fuck, what have I done, set in. Slowly waddle off the trampoline, but by this point, my mate had realised and starts bouncing me as if I'm trying to get, while I'm trying to get the fuck off it. End up waddling into my house and my parents just burst out of laughter as I slowly made my way to clean up the absolute filth that was all over my legs. It was a wetty. Hope you enjoyed that one, pal. Zamet. Um, so, Joe Zamet's actually a fucking sick artist and his Instagram is Damnit Zamet or Zamet with a uh, with a four. Check him out, he's decent. Mate, so all of these are still shit stories and I'm sorry to anyone listening, but what I've learned so far is... The majority of time people have shit themselves is when they think they're going to fart. So if you need to fart, be fucking careful, man. Oh, man, here's one from Joe Fox, who's a, who's a very good friend of mine. Um, so, here comes a tale of savagery, bonding, and bloody carnage like no other. It started as though it was a day like any other. It was the third day of my period where the blood flows like the Nile and and extra measures needed to be taken. I woke up next to Tom. Tom's my friend, a vegan landlord, who I'm sure a lot of you see me tagging him in. He's also got uh, his tattoo account is Wine Crimes. Check him out. Probably uh, I woke up next to Tom. Probably had some wild sex to ensure his parents' sheets were tie-dyed, then showered. Post-shower... I decided my weapon of choice to damn the flow would be my moon cup. Nicely popped her in and forgot about it for the rest of the day. Brackets now. Side note, I'm a shit girl and every month my period is a total surprise despite having them for two decades. So, after my shower, I went to town. I had the day off school. Back then, I was a primary school teacher. Fucking, I didn't know that. I would hate to be taught by you at primary school. I can imagine you'd just be so fucking stern, just beating the kids and shit. Um, and as it was the weekend, so I decided to treat myself and cramp and my cramp-addled body to some lovely new nails. So off I went to the nail salon. Amy worked her magic and gave me some brand new shape, the stiletto. They were fucking magic. Best nails ever. I looked like an anime cat. So I don't even know what an anime cat looks like. So off I went back to Tom's parents where we were living. The whole day had passed, and it suddenly occurred to me that I had my moon cup in still. Off I trot to the family bathroom. Yes, there's more than one. And we removed my moon cup, or so I thought. I assumed a squat position, and attempted the removal. Now at this point it occurred to me that it might have been a bad idea to get the stiletto nail extensions longer than I'd ever gotten before. My moon cup was further up than ever, owing to my forgetting it was in for ages. And as such... All that was happening was my claws were scratching the inside of my vagina. 20 minutes passed. I am sore in capital letters there. I am sweating and I realise I need help. I waddled back to the bedroom and explained to Tom that I need this help, but he had to promise not to laugh. He definitely laughed in your fucking face, Joe. Uh, This was definitely a pivotal relationship moment because obviously he did laugh. There you go. Before I'd even explained... So I asked Tom if he can root around 
to see if he can grab the thing. Off we trot back to the bathroom, and I'm standing wide-legged, and he's in this weird floor squat under me. We cannot stop laughing. He's trying to do his best, but with a combination of vaginal clenching for my laughter and him having no fucking clue how to remove a moon cup, we fail. There's only one thing for it, the multi-tool. I would say that at this point there's two things for it. You could have got Tom's mum to come and do it for you. Tom rushes downstairs to the garage and grabs his dad's expensive multi-tool. I assume encountering his mum and explaining absolutely nothing. And laughs his way back into the family bathroom wielding the pliers, which he has dutifully unfolded. I'm still laughing. I can't even cope with how insane this is. My new boyfriend is about to use his dad's multi-tool to remove my moon cup. I take a deep breath. He pops it in and manages to grab the end and remove it like a small silicone baby with an almighty pop. Only it's full of blood and now his hands, the multi-tool and my legs are covered. We're both laughing so much which means that more blood's being splooged out. But I'm just glad I didn't accidentally implant a moon cup into myself forever. Thanks Tom's dad. It's probably for the best that he never saw his expensive multi-tool again. Fucking hell man. So... Mate, yeah, it's quite savage. They're married now, by the way, to anyone that's listening, and it was a beautiful wedding. Um, well, I'm just gonna scroll through these and try and find something that's not, not. Uh, oh my god, I've got, I've got another story about crackhead Les. So I live in Brighton, and it's close to Crawley, so I'm assuming Crackhead Liz lives in uh, lives in Crawley. Let me just quickly vet this to check it's not the same fucking story, basically. Yep. This is... Okay, this comes from the guy with the laxative tablets, but he's asked to remain anonymous. So basically, yeah, that story about Les shitting himself earlier with the, um, the laxatives in the poppers is now worded longer so thanks for that but it's already been on um here is a question from craig robinson again will if your girlfriend and mum's mind switched bodies and you had to shag one to switch them back would you shag your mum with your bird's mind in your mum's body or your missus with your mum's mind in there uh, I'd fuck my mum because it'd be best of both worlds, man. Because I can fuck my girlfriend whenever I want, but I, I don't often get the chance to have sex with Big Shaz. So I'd fuck my mum with my girlfriend's mind because there would be the emotional connection between my girlfriend and I. And also I get to see the banging bod that's on Big Shaz and fuck that sweet pussy one more time. <laughs> I'm really sorry, mum, if you listen to this since I know other family members do. Um, so here's a cracker story from Alex Heath. So the shop I work at, we have this guy come in one day who demanded that he wanted the Mike Tyson tribal face tattoo. Mate, that's like my dream, dream walking. If anyone wants a fucking Mike Tyson tribal face tat, hit me up. Buy a voucher and fucking get that shit. I was fully booked up, so one of our other artists, Cody, was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Ended up doing it and looking clean despite this guy moving about and getting up to look in the mirror every five seconds. 
This is how we got the names Tyson and the Crackhead. Oh, his name's Tyson the Crackhead. Anyway, Tyson was pleased with his tattoo and would come back every Tuesday to get his girlfriend's name tattooed on him multiple times over and over because he wanted to hold the world record for the most times having a partner's name tattooed on him. In addition to this, he had I love my daft babs ass with a winky face tattooed on him and fuck you Saddam Hussein in capital letters down his arm. Never saw him again after the last one, assuming he's no longer with us. Mate, either he's no longer with you or he's beaten the world record for the most fucking time someone's got their partner's name tattooed on him. And he's done, I've got it now. And if anyone beats him, he'll come back. I like to think Tyson the Crackhead's still, still alive and hasn't kicked it just yet. Um, so this is just called Waste. Fuck me, it's long. Um, so hang on. Oh no, it's from a, it's from Waste, a, a musician. Shit story. It was a couple of weeks before I was leaving Texas to go back to Arizona a couple of years ago. I'd gone back to an all-you-can-eat sushi bar, never a good idea, with a good friend of mine, and we ordered more than our fair share of raw fish, and by the time we'd finished, my stomach was protruding. And here's where the story gets a little messy, literally. It was a few minutes after we had left. My friend wanted to stop by Target to check out the school supplies since she's a teacher and spent her money on the little cunts. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mate, if I was a teacher, I would not buy shit for them kids. I'd be like, yeah, school can provide that. Since the school system doesn't seem to give enough of a shit. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, While she was looking at pencils and all sorts of stuff, I felt my stomach groan and my sphincter quiver like a like a simp's lip after his favourite e-girl posted a picture of her with her boyfriend. <laughs> I knew I had to take a huge dump. I didn't anticipate how disgusting and how atrocious this shit was going to be. It was the hypothesis of rancid fecal matter. I ran towards the bathrooms, but to my surprise, they were out of order since that particular store was having their restrooms renovated. But luckily, they had porta potties outside, which I rushed to get to, and I had to clench my ass cheeks tighter than a Mexican mother holding onto her child during an ICE raid. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sorry. I entered the super porta potty. It was a nicer one than the ones at construction sites. There were five stools and a little mirror and a sink between them. I kicked in the door to one of them and plopped my cheeks down onto the cold porcelain, not caring to protect my anus from the coronavirus or whatever fucking nasty, disgusting shit was on that seat, worrying more about the impending doom residing in my colon. Mate, again, you've worded this very well. I took a deep breath. And wave after wave of diarrhea spewed out my asshole like it was coming out of a politician's mouth. My fingers were clenched onto the brim of the toilet seat, and to my horror it shot all over, spraying the wall behind the toilet like Jackson Pollock painting. And I knew the worst had passed, and all I could do was try to clean it up once I'd finished sinning in that shitter. Just as I was beginning to relax, I heard the porta potty entrance door opening and got silent. I didn't realise the stench was protruding from the toilet and my butthole was so pre- so putrid, so strong that it could burn those hair. And to my utter horror, it was a woman who had walked in and I heard her gasp and mutter, Oh God. And through the slit in the door, I could see she had done the prayer motion and shot out of there like a leprechaun on Viagra. <laughs> 
I sighed in relief that the worst was over and wiped my ass and took a look back into the toilet and saw something akin to a Korean mukbang video. (laughs) I tried to flush it and my heart sank as I realised there was no goddamn flusher. It was a porter party after all and my dumb ass hadn't realised what I had done to my dismay. There was only enough toilet paper to have wiped my ass so I washed my hands and walked out and texted my friend that we needed to leave immediately. She was curious as to why, but was at checkout, and I snuck back into the car. Uh, Waiting by the door impatiently, she had walked out of the store with her bags and a, a puzzled expression on her face, and walked up to me asking what was wrong. As she did, the same goddamn lady who walked in on my shame was next to an employee and talking to him as she gestured towards the porter potty, and that wasn't enough to make me dash inside the car and yell to my friend to drive. I swear, that lady looked in my direction and knew that I'd made the great escape. To this day, I wonder if they were able to clean up the mess I'd made in there. They probably had to wear hazmat suits. Fucking hell, I like that. Um, This is called The Limp Shit Sword by my friend Danny Reese, who's actually a fucking very, very sick tattooer as well. Check him out, Danny Reese on Instagram. Um, When I was in the Navy, my homeboy showed up really late to the ship one morning. He looked like shit, like he didn't get much sleep, and he also saw a horrific car accident. When we asked what the fuck happened to him, he told us the tale of the limp shit sword. I'm excited for this. He was asleep, when he heard someone banging on the door to his bedroom like a madman. When he answered the door, it was his roommate, ass naked, and panting like he had just run a marathon. He frantically begged my homeboy to come with him, saying, you need to come with me now, this is going to change your life. So my homeboy kept telling him to fuck off, but the roommate insisted, this is going to change your life. Eventually, my homeboy was like, fuck it, and went with his naked roommate back to his room. Inside his room was an ass-naked girl, face down, ass up on the bed. She was panting like a dog giving birth, sticking out her turd cutter with two anal beads. And then, in brackets, for anyone not familiar with anal beads, this means there were a lot more beads inside her. <laughs> the roommate looks. At, oh, the roommate looks at my roommate and goes, "Are you ready, bro? This is going to change your life." The roommate then grabs two anal beads from the girl's fart box and fucking yanks it full force like he's starting a fucking lawnmower. The girl rattles and screams like she's getting shot with a machine gun and then passes out. The shit sprays from her brown hole to the bed, uh, to the bed, to the floor, to the wall, to the ceiling. Mate, it's like a fucking Lil John song, all guided by the anal beads. There was a cluster of shit stalagmites forming on the ceiling. The roommate stood there, like Link pulling the sword out of a rock, panting like a madman. He looked up triumphantly at the shit-covered anal beads, which could only be described as the limp shit sword. (laughs) Fucking hell. The roommate wielding the mighty blade of melting fudge looked right at my homie with a look like, that was sick, right? My homeboy looked over the scene of what just happened and all he said was, clean this shit up and went back to bed and tried his hardest to sleep while processing what the fuck he'd just witnessed. The end. Mate. The Limp Shit Sword is such a perfect name for that story. I like that. Oh my god. Mate, oh, we got a... Got a cracker story here. 
This is called Hello Kitty Crackhead. Uh, I think if this is Brighton based, I think I know her. Oh no, it's not. Okay, so hi Will. Thought I'd send a little description of my local crackhead for this episode of the podcast. So where I live, there's a local guy, genuinely not sure uh, if he's homeless or just a crackhead or what council state he's just crawled out of, that I've had the pleasure of seeing a couple of times now who only ever leaves the house in a full Hello Kitty outfit. I mean, everything he wears is bright pink and Hello Kitty branded. I'll explain one of his staple looks. He wears a hot pink t-shirt with a Hello Kitty logo on, hot pink tracksuit bottoms, again, plastered with Hello Kitty, and a Hello Kitty snapback, uh, and just one dangly Hello Kitty earring. What, just one, I love that. Um, that you probably got at Claire's. Anyway, that's my local guy. I, uh, I'd i like to see him. It sounds like an outfit that actually I would wear, genuinely. Um, so, this one... Sorry if you can hear people talking in the background. Just Someone's kicking off outside. Anyway, this one's called Doug Meat from Sean Cassidy. There's a woman on the wee island that I live on that has affectionately been given the name Donna Doug Meat because of the rumour, brackets, fact, that she cooked her dog an egg for Christmas dinner. <laughs> She's been kicking about the island so long that when I was a wee guy... I genuinely thought her last name was Dugmeat and still don't know her actual name to this day. Shout out to Robert Deans who introduced us to your stuff by the story of you shitting yourself at Scouts. Well, what's up Robert Deans? Yeah, I shit myself at Scouts pretty fucking bad. Um, mate, we're getting all the crackhead stories now. Um, this is from Sam Shepard called Episode 3 Crackhead Story. Cheers for reading my question in Episode 2. Glad to hear that Big Shaz would get the full nine. Oh yeah, so this is the dude that asked me, um, would I, if I had an inch of dick in my mum, would I, and and an inch of my uncle's dick in my ass, would I get forwards or backwards? And I said forwards, obviously. Obviously. Um, there's a crackhead where I'm from called Billy the Quid. Nice. Proper fucked up looking bloke. Bag of chips for teeth. Always scheming in that called Billy the Quid because he always goes alright mate got a quid mate everyone's got a, everyone's got a someone the quid haven't they there's a little like 20p guy in Sutton his real name is Sukhvendra Singh Dio and he is always in the news because he keeps getting banged up he managed to nick 35 grand from a woman over the space of 4 years how? DM me the answer to that he'd always wait outside the local pub for drunk people so he could beg them for a quid and that one night my mate was off a rocker and he asked for a quid and she gave him her debit card and uh, even gave him a kiss on the lips. Oh my God. It was proper jank. Got the card back pronto but I'm 100% sure she's got some kind of facial Zika virus now. Shout out to Billy the Quid, legend of Medway. Um, if any of you know Billy the Quid or anyone like Billy the Quid, I highly recommend you don't kiss him on the lips or or hands or face or anywhere really to be honest so this is from charlotte reese which is called crackheads yo i live in scotland so we have a prolific treasure trove of junkies yeah i love that scotland's got so many like just local crackheads and junkies and shit it's great um 
It's as bountiful as the fish in the fucking Great Barrier Reef. I'll name a few. Oh, we got a few here. Nice. Natural Jim. This hippie-esque gentle junkie travels between the more affluent student areas of Edinburgh with a heap of shit on a sled and forces extensive life advice slash smoke too much DMT ramblings upon you that you can go on for a considerable amount of time and if you don't want to be rude and just tell him to piss off. Natural Jim. Nice. One time my flatmate uh, forgot her keys and texted us saying to hurry to the door because Natural Jim was approaching with a profound look in his eyes like he was about to drop some nichely shit. So, obviously, we left her at the doorstep for about 45 minutes till someone else entered the building and ruined it for us. He was telling her about robot pigeons and why she shouldn't eat white bread. Mate, robot pigeons are a fucking thing, man. They're drones. They've got little microphones in them. Just... Anyone that's listening, just look up robot birds. It's true. Uh, here's Gassy Gina. Everyone calls her this because she huffs gas all the time. Pretty creative nickname. She looks like a female bull sack. I had the most intense interaction with her when I was on my desk. Uh, when I was on the desk, and she came in with her aerosol in her sleeve and told me she wants a Komodo dragon tattoo. I start asking for her details like images or where it's going and she screams it's gone on my tit that was my it's going on my tit scotch accent there and she pulls up her top to release her breast which was like a tennis ball in a sports sock the owner of the shop comes to ask her to leave his studio to which she responds this is my shop and i'll tell everyone that you raped me fucking hell we saw her again the next day cheery as fuck and clearly not remembering any of it yes yeah, so don't huff gas kids in case you ever thought it was a good idea. The last one here is called Cat Weasel. This guy is a, sad, is a mad, uh, is mad mysterious. He wears a fedora with a wee feather on the side and is a pretty dapper junkie, to be fair. Uh, but he lets himself down as I've seen him do a shit behind a load of shopping trolleys at Tesco and he chased us through a multi-story car park as kids for firing cherry tomatoes at him. No idea where this came from. Uh, but that's what everyone calls him, Cat Weasel. Mate, are you sure he's not just the guy that wears a fedora and did a shit once behind the... Because as we've learned, sometimes people have just got a... They've just got a shit. So thanks for that. I especially liked... Um, I like Natural Gym, because I know a lot of people like that that can just go on for fucking ever, and you're just like, oh my god. Shut up. So, fuck me, this is a long one as well. This one's from Emma Doyle, and it says, um, literal shit show. Sadly, Mr. Boat with yesterday's shit special. And so, after the fear of missing out kicked in, I've decided to contribute some stories that hopefully satisfies your stressed audience's unusual level of enthusiasm for human defecation and need to laugh at other people's pain. Bastards. To be fair, you lot have, if you're still listening to this, have listened to an hour of people shitting their pants. That's pretty fucking weird, man. I'll do a Q&A on, question, on uh, episode four, because there's only so much shit stories I can take. On my friend's... Oh, one of my friend's 18th birthday night is a tale of pretty epic proportions, but starts off with a predictable premise. Since we were all 18, a group of us began our evening by snorting a fucking stupid amount of MDMA and co- t- cocaine. Just girly things in brackets with love hearts, a peace sign and a flower. Yeah, literally, I don't know any guys that do that, but 
which, as you can expect, set the tone for the evening which followed. A few hours in, two members of the group fucked off and weren't seen for a while, which incited the rest of us to go form a totally useless search party. After about 10 minutes of looking, we found the two missing friends down an abandoned alleyway, one on all fours with her exposed arse in the air, and the other fully clothed and seemingly sniffing the ground. We obviously asked them what the fuck was going on and were um, what they were doing and got the explanation that the friend who was in a public state of undress had squatted to do a piss and before she could control it had popped out a little nugget of rabbit-like turd which the other had bent down to sniff to verify that this had actually happened. Standard. Why? <laughs> if you think you've shit yourself, if I was with my boys there and one of them went, mate, I think I've shit on the floor, can you get down and smell that I'd be like no not a chance I'd be like, well, knowing me actually I'd probably be like oh yeah right. pick it up and eat it for a laugh it probably would have been a good call oh uh, no it probably would have been good to call it a night here but us being a raggedy band of coked up 18 year old skets there was no question that we were going to the club I quickly passed out in the loose and was written off until I had to get dragged out about half an hour later after the club closed but while I was incapacitated, all manner of hell began to break loose outside. Another friend decided it was best to execute a tactical chunder, aided by one member of the group whispering the names Meat Heavy Oh, the, the names Meat Heavy Foods into her ear, as she's a vegetarian. On the mention of Scampi, <laughs> she flooded the immediate vicinity with a fountain of yellow von, which the assistant friend uh with her what? Oh, with her, tried washing away the contents of a watering can, uh, which she inexplicably found nearby. They then tried to re-enter the club, and the said watering can, and, oh, the said watering can was obviously thrown out, leaving me comatose and alone in the toilets just a little longer. Once we got back to the birthday girl's house, events only took a turn for the worst, and the most memorable of which is me, at one point, sharing a toilet bowl to throw up with her, uh, as both of us definitely getting splashed with vomit that wasn't our own delightful i'd like to uh i should have done a little tw for isabella listening to this because i know isabella listens to my stuff and she hates stories about six so this is only going to get worse from now on so maybe fast forward about three minutes in the morning we all headed downstairs pretty worse for wear shaking and sweating from brutal come downs and general dehydration we put a brave effort into eating a fry up uh, but gave up when it became clear that our stomachs wouldn't forgive us for it there was, amount, there was a moment of silence until the birthday girl let out a dangerously wet fart and we all laughed until she had this funny look on her face uh, peculiar not haha and ran upstairs without saying anything naturally we followed her and were greeted with an unholy smell which she immediately revealed with her eyes streaming, was coming from some shitty tracksuit bottoms in the corner of her room, with the wet fart that she had previously unleashed in reality being a no-holds-barred, perfectly formed shart. The cherry on top of this shitty cake is that her house was on the market all the time, at, or was on the market at the time, and instead of clearing up after herself, she just left her desecrated tracky bottoms in the same pile where a young couple came to view the house that afternoon hoping they just wouldn't ask questions. If you bother to read this far, then I have some better... Oh, then I have mad respect for you, and if it got a laugh, even better. Years later, it still brings a tear to my eyes. Looking forward to more horrible quarantine stories. Cheers. 
Well, thanks, Emma. That was cute. Especially the part about everyone doing loads of MD and coke, which I wouldn't recommend, people. Be smart. Be drug smart. Say no to drugs. Um, this is from Ali Guy, who's one of my best friends. And if this isn't hilarious, then I'm going to be really upset. Starts ngabab. And then she said, so this is where I tried to write a greeting but got scared by my own reflection <laughs> and my hand spazzed out and I thought I'd leave it there for you. Hashtag lads. Hello, angel baby boy. Hello, Ellie guy. Um, first of all, you should give me an introduction and include how I'm the best person since sliced goof and how much I mean to you. Yeah, so basically Ali is literally like probably one of the most important people in my life other than the obvious uh and i love her and she's fucking hilarious and she, she has three kids and i'm godfather to all of them imagine making me the godfather of if your children that's the worst idea in the world but yeah she's cool as fuck she's really fucking funny and she loves goofy and i love goofy so she is the best thing since sliced goof maybe throw in a cool story like the time i face planted on the floor in the science museum Okay, yeah, and the time we almost simultaneously shit ourselves at the Ewa Albert dock. Okay, yeah, so we've had food poisoning together and both had to um, have diarrhoea at the same time. And also we went to the science museum when she'd just had the twins. She's got twins. And um, she was holding my goddaughter and <laughs> fell over in this, like, dark room where there was fucking, like, luminous shit and held Annie up, held my goddaughter up and her face hit the floor so hard that there was like a perfect fucking lipstick mark on the floor, like a kiss mark, and I pissed myself, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen. Didn't even think to check on the kid because I was laughing so hard because was, it was just like pure flat face. So anyway, let's carry on. So, okay, so crackheads. There are many in Liverpool, but I'll go through possibly three. First, there's legendary Lecky Legs. Please search for him on YouTube, so you can get the full effect, but I'll attempt to explain for all the audio learners. I've seen Lecky Legs before, by the way, people, and I heavily recommend that you do YouTube Lecky Legs, spell L-E-L-E-C-K-Y, Legs. Um, Lecky Legs is a guy who hangs out on the bar scene in Liverpool. Many have seen and documented him over the years. Imagine if you starved Nigel Thornbury, took his teeth away from him and replaced them with four sunflower seeds but you didn't strategically place them, you just threw them in his direction and he just caught them in his mouth. <laughs> he gets the name Lecky Legs because he dances about and it looks like a blind deaf child is controlling his legs with an electronic remote. It's gold. I'm a huge fan and I wish I was him. I feel bad that I come slagging him off, but I can't tell if he isn't well or he's just mad pissed all the time. He, sound, he, he seems happy enough to not... To just be really fucking drunk the whole time. And maybe he smoked a bit of meth if he's got sunflower teeth. So he's probably just a normal dude that just enjoys partying. He's just me. This guy, everyone's going to know, even if you're not from Liverpool. You, you, even some Americans might know this next guy. Next we have the man, the myth, the legend that is Purple Aki. This guy doesn't count as a crackhead, I don't think. He's just a bad, bad perv. He's basically a gigantic guy who is, and I quote, this is an actual quote, so black he's purple. Not my words, Carol, the top, uh, Carol, the words of Top Gear magazine. Literally, this guy is so fucking famous 
that like people all over England know Purple Aki. He's crazy and he's literally purple. So um, who lurks in Liverpool and the surrounding areas getting lads to show him their muscles or bench press him or something. He cornered a guy in a fucking courthouse. There's no more to the story, but he somehow managed to commandeer a fucking spare room in Liverpool Crown Court. What? And get some lad to bench press him. <laughs> he he also bet some lad in prison that he couldn't fit through the gap in the back of a chair. And then when the lad tried to give, uh, no, when the lad tried, he got and got stuck. He of course bummed the living dick out of him. This could all be hearsay, but it's all part of the legend. He also chased someone on the train track. And they got killed. Hell of yeah, I heard about that. Um, hell of a guy. And I once saw a parked car in the dead of the night, and it was purple. And the last three letters of the reg plate were Aki. And I cried and ran home, <laughs> as if the car was going to squeeze my supple boy muscles. W- what an image! <laughs> purple Aki always carries a plastic bag, and I'd love to know what's in it. I guarantee you, it stinks. I think it's probably like Capri Suns in that bag for the guys that won't show him their biceps so as Ali explained but I'll further explain this guy literally goes up to kids in the street and is like oh yeah you look like you've got some muscles there lad and they'll be like what and he'll like pay them like 20p to squeeze their biceps or something or like see how many press ups they can do and he just fucking loves he just gets off on on guys doing press ups and shit I bet in the bag those like Capri's on yeah to persuade the youngins um, I wish we were crackheads, not pedos though. Yeah, I think you and I would make a really good crackhead actually, Ali. And we'd just be so happy just living just living life daily, day to day, not knowing what's coming. Um, I can't wait until we're like eighty and we can just retire to a nursing home and start getting into heroin. Same. We won't live that long, but still it's nice to dream. Mate, maybe we can just move in together when we're like forty and start doing heroin. Although I might not even make it to forty. Anyway. I love you. Keep on tracking, Ali guy. Love you too, mate. I'll come up and see you soon. So we got the last one now, and it's from Lee Thompson, who wrecked episode two with the with the one million questions. What are you saying, William Monsterpiece? I'm not saying much, bro. I'm chilling. We saying, don't want to ruin your podcast again, so maybe skim through this before you read it out. It's too late for that. I'm ending on you, so it better be good. In fact, I'm going to phone my dad after this just to really put the fucking cherry on the cake. Oh no, there's a police car. Okay, good, it's gone. ACAP. FTP. Fuck the cops. Um, I'm going to go on a fucking rant, so strap yourself in. Oh shit. So yeah, Watford Town Centre is shit. I know, mate. I work in an area called Market Street, which I'm pretty sure Dante missed when he wrote about the layers of hell. For the sake of the topic, I'll just stick to the crackheads. There's this Nigerian geezer who dresses like fucking Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. Like a bedazzled zebra print suit with a matching fedora. That sounds sick. That sounds like something you would wear, Lee. Uh, I'm sure he has many names. One of each, for, or one for each of his personalities. I call him Gator. Gator walks up and down the street having a full-blown argument with himself. He often even lashes out and starts throwing hands and smashing himself into cars and shit. Then he'll pick himself up and pimp strut his way on. Nice. Then there's this gang of fucking scummy cunts. I call them dead because I wish they were all fucking dead. <laughs> there's a vegan cafe opposite us 
who were open only for the homeless people on Mondays and give free meals and hot drinks. Lovely, right? Uh, would be, except these fucking druggy cunts, who aren't even homeless, turn up in a big group and they bring cases of beer and a stereo and they spend all day sitting outside the cafe blaring music and shouting. Then they come into our shop and ask for cheap tattoos before they go into our alleyway and load up on crack and heroin. They're constantly confronting passers-by with racial abuse and often violence. The police turn up every week but clearly ain't doing shit about it. Because fuck the police. Um, the other week, one of them OD'd. Ha ha ha, good. I hope he croaked. I hope he kicked it too, Lee. I hope he kicked it too. Mainly for stealing homeless people's foods because that's quite fucked up. Then there's this geezer who thinks he's Tyler Durden in Fight Club. Walks around in a fur coat with nothing underneath and some crusty jeans. But always has mad sneaker games somehow. It's because he's sold his t-shirts, mate. He sold all his t-shirts and bought some decent shoes. Has the worst tattoos I've ever seen all over his face. Wait, is this me? Mad sneaker game and face tats and outrageous jackets. I just think I want to hose him down whenever I see him. No idea what his name is or where he's from or even if he's real. <laughs> Maybe he is my Tyler Durden. No, he's real and fucking annoying. Follows me wherever he sees me asking for tattoos and tells me how he's a better artist than anyone in our shop. Blah, 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 blah. One day, I'll just push him in front of a bus. Mate, I've just announced on, on the pod that you're going to kill Tyler Durden in fucking Watford. Anyway, that's it. Love you, miss you, wash your hands. Uh, yeah, I love you too, man. And I do miss you, and I've been washing my hands a lot. So I've also got one last Q&A here from Jack Fleming, but Jack, I'm not even going to fucking read it. I'll DM you the answer because it's re- it's not allowed on air. I'm sorry. It's really fucking bad. Uh, just for a laugh, I'm going to phone my dad and see what he's doing. To anyone that doesn't know my dad, he's Scottish. I'm going to ask him for his favourite joke. And I'm going to pretend to laugh because uh, Jack Fleming has actually just r- replied to my thing while I'm trying to phone my dad right now. It's like he fucking just heard me through Instagram. So... I'm going to ask my dad for his favourite joke and guaranteed he's going to have told me this joke a million times so I'm going to pretend to laugh because he's 68, we've given the benefit of the doubt he's Scottish as well by the way so sorry if you can't understand him I'm good man, how are you? Yeah I'm good, just hanging about really Yeah uh, I'm doing a podcast right now so I'm phoning oh, you. Yeah. You're on it. Okay. You're on it right I'm, now. I'm, I'm on it right this minute. Yeah. Okay, well, what I wanted to just uh, warn all your listeners about out here is that uh, during this present crisis when we're all stuck at home and bored, it seems that the National Health Service um, accident and emergency departments have been overrun by people coming in with unusual objects stuck up their arsehole that are shattered. So I was really wanting just to say to people, if you're going to stick end up your arse, make sure it's rigid plastic or rubber, <laughs> not Christmas tree baubles or light bulbs or milk bottles or anything like that, because it's far too dangerous. That's good advice. So, uh, good advice in uh, these trying times. Sorry, yeah, that's a bit of advice for these trying times. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so, I've, uh, I've phoned you mainly to uh, see what your favourite joke of all time is. My favourite joke of all time? It can oh be as shit God. as you want. It, but it's just got to be funny. That's difficult. My favourite joke of all time. Okay, I think my favourite joke of all time 
is um, <coughs> about the bloke who calls himself the man who could feel no pain. And he goes to Billy Smart at Billy Smart Circuits and he asks him for a job. And Billy Smart said, I'm fully booked. He said, I've got everybody I need. And the bloke said, but I'm the man that feels no pain. He said, try this. And he gets a hammer out his pocket and he gives it to Billy Smart. He said, hit me right in the head with it. And Billy Smart goes, look, I haven't got time for this. The bloke said, hit me next, but he hit me. So Billy Smart taps him in the head with a hammer. The bloke's not hit me properly. He said, don't fuck about. So Billy Smart hits him again, really hard this time, and it shatters his whole skull. And the bloke ends up in intensive care in the hospital. And he's in there, oh, he's really serious. He's on a machine, life support machine. And a whole year passes, year passes by. Billy Smart's thought no more about it, really. He's sitting in his office one afternoon, he's reading the paper. And it says in there, man who could feel no pain, um, family in bedside vigil uh, as they're about to switch off the life support machine. And he thinks, oh, fuck, he said, I was responsible for all that. He said, I'm hitting him in the head. I must go and apologise to the family. So he goes to the family and he's into the, the hospital and he sits down with them all and he said, look, I apologise for this. He said, it was my fault. He said, but he provoked me. He told me to hit him in the head with his hammer. And the family said, look, we know what he's like. He's crazy for that. So we're not blaming you for it. Anyway, while they're talking away like this, all of a sudden, the monitor starts to bleep, 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 bleep. And they go, oh my God, he's coming round. And they look at him. And he's lying there still. And he opens up one eye. And he goes, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. That's it. All yeah. right. <laughs> I like that. Well done. That's, that's, that's not my favourite one. Um, when I next appear on your podcast, I'll try and give you... My real favourite. Right. I'll make it. Just hit you like that. I'll just make can't. it a regular. I'll make. I'll make sure I phone you at the end of every episode now, and you can get a different joke. Okay, I'll see if I can do it. All right. All right. Okay. Well, good luck to everybody. I hope everybody keeps well, and remember, don't stick anything other than rigid plastic and rubber up your arsehole. Okay. Yeah, I'll try not to as well. All right. Jolly <laughs> nice good. Time. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Well, that's my fucking dad. So now you can see where I get it from because he's the most immature man in the world and I love him so anyway that's the end of episode 3 if you've made it this far congratulations it was a fucking interesting one uh, episode 4 I'm going to do Q&A's so I will just put up another another Q&A button thing but just make them as savage as you can and thanks for listening and I hope everyone's cool and I hope all my friends with small businesses etc are doing well and if you can, support anyone you can. Support your friends, buy your neighbours to shop in, do your stuff. And like my dad said, don't put anything flimsy in your ass, no matter how tempting it is in these times. Bye. <laughs>